Hello, this is Beyond the Bell with WASTA, Wisconsin's hub for professional development for anyone working in out-of-school time programs and youth-serving organizations. It's our mission to help you provide the highest quality care to children and their families. If you wish you had an extra tool going into programming to help guide behaviors in a productive way, wish you knew more about how to provide the whole family with support, or you want to enhance your own well-being, then this is the home for you. We know what it's like to feel like you never have enough time or resources to meet everyone's needs, and we're here to support you through the challenges. Stay tuned as we explore new ideas and strategies that you can use right away. Sharon, health educator with Marshfield Clinic Health System Center for Community Health Advancement and Wisconsin Out of School Time Alliance. We're excited you're listening today to our conversation with Corey Zolazowski and Allie Hinkleman. They're joining us today to talk about how we can re-engage kids in the natural world of camp. According to David Elkind in The Power of Play, written in 2007, kids lost more than 12 hours of free time within the prior two decades, and that was in 2007. So we know things have shifted even more in the last 15 years. And then in addition to that, a 2020 Pew Research Center study demonstrated similar trends. So for five to eight-year-olds, 81% of them used a tablet regularly, 59% of them used a smartphone, and 58% of them used a gaming device. And that's for like our little kids. And then for 9 to 11-year-olds, the numbers are even higher with 67% using a smartphone, 68% using a gaming device. And we hear from camp staff all the time that kids are really struggling to just engage in the physical world. So this is a real dilemma when one of our main duties in camp is just to get kids outside and engage in nature. So I think it is helpful to begin with to just acknowledge how difficult it really has become to engage some kids. I hear programs tell me all the time that they've like tried to ask for kids input to get them engaged. They've tried to purchase new things to try and spark their interest. And this isn't working. So it is truly a real challenge that we're all dealing with. But if we kind of put on like our positive youth development hat and start to think of those behaviors as information and try to see like, what are they telling us? What's a good reframe of this dynamic? How do you ladies see it? That's a great question. And I think both Ailey and I can speak from different perspectives. I'm mainly at our main club, which serves first through fifth graders and Allie's mainly working with our teens. And I, I mean, we both work with both, but that's kind of where we fall into line. And the thing that I always think about when I'm, I've talked about this before is that technology has just really changed, right? It just continues to change and evolve. And then also the kids need to be stimulated at all times. I noticed this with my own personal kids. If they get tablet time, when you take the tablet away, they just get so angry. It's almost like this addiction to the technology. So we have really tried to look at where do we need technology in camp? Like where is it absolutely needed? And how do we contain it to those smaller doses? One thing we did at our main club is we don't allow any first through fifth graders to bring in cell phones into our environment. And I think it's important because I don't, most of the kids who are using these cell phones in that age group, the first through fifth grade, they are not mature enough to understand the consequences of some of these things happen that they're doing with technology. They're not mature enough to understand hey, I shouldn't be looking at these things on TikTok and things like that. So we've just removed that temptation altogether. So no cell phones are allowed in our club. And we it took a little bit. I'll be honest, it took a little bit. We had to front end that. 
by, you know, letting parents know. We don't even allow them to be brought in. Keep them at home or check them at the front desk. And if you need to contact your member, then you have to call the front desk because our kids are connected and plugged in all day, every day. And they just, it doesn't need to happen when they're at the Boys and Girls Club. Yes, and that's very similar to the teen center as well. If we did not allow any technology, we would not have any teens come to the teen center. So that's been a thing that we as staff have had to learn as well, where even though I'm only 25, when I was a kid, I was not dependent on technology at that age. And I could do things without technology with confidence. And that's just not the case anymore. That's just the trend and what's going on. So our kiddos can have some free time on their cell phone for a couple minutes at the beginning. But once we get into program, we have that boundary where once we hit program, you have to put your phone away. You know, if you need to text your parents, do it now. And then phones are off. If your parents need to call us, we have a phone here that they can call. Otherwise, phones are away. We're respecting staff and following expectations. And even for that nature part as well, our program director over here, Carrie, has been doing a great, great job getting our kiddos involved. And that's, I would say, like very baby steps to mm-hmm. be able to get them back into that nature aspect because a lot of our kiddos in Anago, even though we're very, I don't want to say rustic, but more like outdoorsy community, yeah. four-wheeling, hiking. You guys have the kettlebell that's, is that tubing or skiing? Skiing, yeah. Skiing. I mean, so we're s- surrounded by it, but some of these kids don't have the opportunities to go out in nature and learn. And I know we just got a school forest in Anago as well that's been helping out with that. But truly to get kids involved and wanting to do these activities out in nature, learn more about it, takes baby steps. For example, also a huge farming community over here. So Carrie did Egg in the Classroom as one of her programs. And so they got to learn about farming and then they did a little touch of, well, what are baby pigs about? Let's bring in baby pigs. So then Corey was here that day too. So we all got to pet and hug baby pigs. And we had chickens in here as well to pique their interest because otherwise they didn't get to see that before. So it's kind of that mix of we'll do a little bit of learning, a little bit of fun, but it's those baby steps. How we can we connect with them right now through these little baby steps of things that they have not experienced before? Mm-hmm. And I think that you had talked rachel about reframing it we really have the opportunity at camp where we don't need technology right like it's not at school where we're required to have them connected to their email or their tablets or whatever they need for learning you know i know my kids use their tablet in school a lot for spelling different things like that but we don't need that at camp so i think looking at it from the aspect of we get the opportunity to try and help them experience things outside of technology, outside of, you know, getting more connected to nature. And one of the things I started when I took over as director of operations here is that we have a club-wide walk every single day. Every single day at nine o'clock, that's when the majority of our members are here. Our entire club, except for one staff who's usually here just in case we get some members dropped off during that time, goes out for a walk they all leave like in five minute increments. So they're doing different walks and things like that and going different routes. But that is something that our members know happens every single day at nine o'clock. We do a club wide walk, whether it's 30 minutes, 45 minutes, an hour, they're just out and moving. And sometimes they stop at a park. Sometimes they go play kickball, but for that hour, at least they are outside. I really, I think you're giving such good examples and It's not that like this will work for every single summer camp out there. There's a lot of summer camps where like tech is like a big focus and they're doing robotics or they're doing things like that. But but 
even hearing you talk about, okay, they have those couple minutes and then we set that boundary. Just an example of like, when are the times where you're gonna be tech-free? When are, how are you gonna communicate those things? The sense I get from you ladies is like, that's the expectation. So that's what you're sharing with parents. That's what you're sharing with kids. And so you're already setting that up. And of course there's gonna be pushback, but like that's what you're working towards. And you talked about like those baby steps and taking it kind of one step at a time. It can feel like an uphill battle, but if you take it one step at a time, getting their curiosity with something out of the ordinary, like kids might not think about a baby pig as nature, but it gets their attention. And you know that that tactile, that all the things they're learning in the meantime hit on that piece of it. And then too, I imagine not every kid likes that walk every day that you're talking about, but it's just a routine. It's just a way, again, to demonstrate this is one of the things that we want to prioritize and it's giving them that exposure. And I can imagine some of those kids 20 years from now remembering that experience. Probably the ones grumbling about it are the ones that are going to take that forward with them. Yeah. So you might not see that immediate impact, but it has the potential to go a lot of different places. Yeah. And another thing we do, and you mentioned this, that some of your programs are going to require technology, right? And some of our programs are going to be indoors. But one thing I always encourage our staff is if they can run a program outside, then let's do it outside. So if you're, let's say the program that you've been handed is team building and they schedule you in a room in the building, well, you could easily go walk down to the park and do a team building exercise down there. So we encourage all our summer staff to do as much of their programming outside as possible because on the off chance that it's raining or it's storming or whatever, then, you know, we're stuck inside. So we try and within reason, obviously keep our kids outside as much as possible throughout the summer program. And that's even an expectation for parents or not for parents that parents put on us as well is that they could keep their kid home and have their kids stay at inside all day, but they have them come to the club because they want their kid to go outside. They want them to do the activities, interact with other kids, but really get outside and get some sunshine, some vitamins and have fun. Yeah. And something I always ask staff to, and I ask staff to think about what are you modeling for the kids, right? So if you're modeling that you're on your cell phone, because we do allow our staff to have their cell phones for emergency purposes and things like that. And if you're sitting at the park when there's not really a whole lot of supervision from director staff and you're on your phone, then it's no wonder that these kids want to be on their phone. So if, what are you modeling for the kids? And also, if you take your kids to the park and then you just sit on the bench while they're all running around playing, I mean, that's not, again, modeling the fun and the engaging in programming. So I always talk about that with our staff. And when you're planning your program, if you find your program boring, then it, every kid is going to find your program boring as too. So finding a way to infuse some fun and laughter and humor into your programming to get kids more engaged is important. So you guys are kind of hitting on this because, I mean, we are in this era, like we can't ignore tech completely. And there's also some of like the quality standards that we talk about with school age programs also encourage teach about tech, teach this healthy use of it, give them good examples, give them experiences so that they're literate in these things. So what other kind of tips do you have for programs that they have to incorporate these things, but they're trying to find that balance? Yeah, so we run a few programs here. One of them is called NetSmarts and it's a Boys and Girls Club of America program. So we understand we're not naive, right? These kids are going to be on technology. They need to be on technology. So 
we want to also give them the tools to be safe on technology. I, there's so often I hear our kids talking about how they were chatting in a chat room with some, I mean, especially from our teens, chatting with a chat room with someone they were playing a game mm -hmm. with and things like that. So helping them understand the risks with technology and helping them understand to be responsible with technology. Those are things that we're working on teaching them and then also helping them understand the benefits, but also the consequences. Like we talked about when you're on technology, you're getting just flooded with dopamine, right? And then when you stop it, that dopamine stops and you're going to have a negative reaction and almost like this withdrawal syndrome. And so having those conversations with the teen and with our members, I once had a teen and Allie's going to know exactly who I'm talking about. And he was bragging that he had 12 or 13 hours of screen time from the previous day on his phone. And I was like, I don't understand why that's a bragging point. I said, what did you do? Were you just the entire day you were awake, you were on your screen? He said, yeah. And I asked, what are you doing? He says, I'm, I'm scrolling TikTok. And so having the conversations with them and not in a scolding way, because as soon as you take that, I'm smarter than you, I know more than you kind of approach with our teens, they shut down right away. But mm -hmm. instead being more curious, like, I'm curious why you spent that whole, what did you do during that whole 12 hours? What could you have done? with four of those hours, if you weren't on your phone, how could you have done something differently? Coming from more of a curiosity approach than a, I'm older than you and I know better and you're frying your brains approach. Yes, and even finding out when we got a VR headset as well, we definitely, when we rolled that out, needed to put more restrictions and passcodes on there because our teens were buying free games off of the Play Store on there. And a lot of them you could connect and talk with strangers on it, like Gorilla Tag. I would never think that you could talk to strangers for Gorilla Tag, but then here these teens were talking to strangers on this game. So that's the thing that even staff had to become more aware about is we need more restrictions on these so the teens can't just buy whatever games on there and then just start talking to strangers on the internet right in front of us. Yeah, you once again, you ladies are highlighting some really important things. And one of them being that like identity piece, Corey, I think is what you're getting at is like helping kids know that they can and should have an identity outside of that. Instead of just saying like, throw it out, like, what are you thinking? It's like, what could you be doing? What would you want to do if you were free of this device? Or what do you think about these things? Like really get them like motivated from the inside to maybe make some change. And then just that basic safety piece, like those are your skills that they're going to have to have is navigating what platforms are even healthy for them to use and things like that. Talking to strangers is a no-go at programming, like being able to use that as a lesson for kids, I'm sure is really powerful too. Yeah, absolutely. And I think that as camp staff and leaders and things like that, it's important for us to know the emerging trends of technology as well. I often rely, I'll be honest, I'm a millennial, tried and true millennial. I sometimes don't understand, like our Gen Z staff have tried to get me on Snapchat several times. That wasn't big when I was in college. I think it just came out when I was graduating college. So I never got into the Snapchat, but understanding some of these technologies, understanding the emerging trends and understanding how to be looking out for some of the warning signs of kids misusing or abusing technology. We had roadblocks is a huge thing that our kids like to play on the computers here. 
and I didn't realize this until probably after you're working here, there is a chat option on roadblocks. And so finding out how to one, teach your kids about safety with chatting with strangers on the internet, but also finding preventative measures to prevent them from being able to, to use that chat function. Mm -hmm. Right. So you ladies have given us a lot of really good stuff to think about. Is there anything else that you would recommend to staff out there trying to balance all of this technology stuff during camp? Yeah, I think the first important and big thing is to recognize that technology is a huge part of, for this generation. Whether we want it to be or not, it's there. It's not going anywhere. It's not leaving. You know, we're not going to change these kids' minds on wanting to play video games or playing on their phones or watching the iPads. That's not going to happen. And really, that's not our biggest role either. Our role is to provide them with new experiences and try and help them see that there are other things out there. So I think when I look at the overall club programming or camp programming, it's important that you're planning fun and engaging programs. And I ask our staff this every single summer. If you are looking at this program, let's say I've given you steam for a, a program and you're looking at your activity and it's just so boring, you don't even want to do it, then nobody else is going to want to do it. So it's important that you, one, think your programming is fun and have a buy-in to it and that you also engage in it or else you're going to lose some of these kids. And the first thing kids do when they're, especially our teens, when they're not wanting to be in programming and if you allow them to have their cell phones is they're just going to pull that out and start scrolling. And that's it. That can also be an indicator for you that, oh, okay, I lost them. So how do I re-engage and what can I do to plan better or to prepare better for the next program? Yes. And setting those clear expectations as well. And it's hard at first, but it sets the tone and really it gets easier over time. At first, it can be really, really tough. We had a cell phone basket at some point where, or a shoe organizer, I believe Haley had one of those where the teams would stick their phone in the shoe organizer. So they know it's there. They know it's safe but we're not on it right now. And that's a really nice, clear distinction of where you have to put the cell phones away. We're going to be focusing on programming. Again, very tough at first, but they get used to it. And you have to be tough about it as well as staff. You can't, you can't dig into it. You can't just freely allow them to, yes, you can have your phone back. Nope, that's a boundary. You need to stick to it. Yeah. And it's, it's consistency too. Mm -hmm. I, I always think about that. Any expectation you set, you need to be consistent and it can't just yes. be, and I, I know it's hard, even as a parent, it's hard to, you know, oh, we only have one hour of iPad time per day, but then it's a day where you're like, oh gosh, I'm so tired. I could let them have another 30 minutes just to give me some quiet time. But if, if you give them an inch, they're going to take it. And kids can smell inconsistency from a mile away if you if they know one group was allowed to have their cell phones but their group wasn't they then you've lost them mm -hmm. you've really lost them and then so it's important to make sure that all of your staff and everybody who's in the camp environment understands the need to be consistent with enforcing these expectations I think all of that is huge. I think having to say like no tech, but I understand it's important to you is different than giving the other impression. And and like I love that example you had of like they know it's safe because it yes. is such almost like an appendage for some mm -hmm. people in this day and age. So just giving them that experience of like this is uncomfortable, but this is a safe way you can do it, like how freeing that would be. But then yes. they know they could go home and also set it down and it mm -hmm. will be safe and I can come back to it at another time. And just that consistency piece, like being on the same page, because 
we talked before about each program is different and it's going to have different needs around it. But if you all can stick to the same messaging, it's going to go so much easier. Exactly. Yeah, I mean, there's no one size fits all. There's no fix it solution for this. But I think this conversation just provides a reframe that like this is part of our youth work now and like almost seeing that as our role versus something that we have to fight against. This is an opportunity to connect. It's an opportunity to teach some of these lessons and we'd be teaching anyways and kind of use it that way. Thank you again for having this conversation with us. Thank you, Rachel. And thank you for listening in. We hope you leave today with a few more tools in your toolbox. Be sure to visit our website and sign up for our emails where we share information about all of our upcoming professional development opportunities.